If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another incredible information packed. Well, not really information packed today, but incredible enlightening, <clears throat> money-making episode of Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your home for all things artisanal. Yeah. Um, This is the show where I, Josh Rubin. And I, Noel Deneen. Uh, sit downstairs in a basement and spend a ton of time researching. Tons. Collating. Uh, Rolodexing. 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 Yeah. Uh, Contact listing. Yeah. Alphabetizing. Yeah. uh, Dewey decimal systeming. Yeah. And uh, collating. Did I say collating already? You started with that one. I did. Okay. I'm bringing it around to the beginning. We do it a couple times. Um, We collate several times. Yeah. Uh, All of our information that we get together uh, based on one topic and then we come down here to the basement. We spit it out over these monstrous microphones uh, in our studio filled with tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Tubes everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and we take these ideas. We give them to you. Yeah. Give. And you action them. Yeah. You make them happen. But the operative word being give. Yeah. For nothing. We give them to you. That's right. And all we ask in return. Okay, so not for nothing. We want a little something. We want 10% of everything you make. That's it. You take our ideas. They're gold. They're good. They're awesome. You didn't have to think of them. You sat there like a jelly brain, but you had a a body where we have jelly bodies. Together, true. we make w- one monster of a, of a financial... Blamange. Of a blamange. Of a blamange. <laughs> um, how you doing, Noel? I am doing pretty good. I actually have a story. Oh, really? I realized this just this second. Okay. Um, Switching them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do have a story. Right. We were talking earlier, and we were saying, like, we didn't get on until very late tonight because neither of us had a story about the topic uh-huh. today. But uh, I realized, just thinking about what happened to me three hours ago. Oh, Four Fresh. hours ago. Fresh. It kind of fits the topic. Okay. So I was, uh, <clears throat> it's been a, a, a horribly rainy day evening here in New York. Yeah. And I was walking to a, a client and I had my keys in my pocket, mm-hmm. my wallet with no money, mm-hmm. and an umbrella. Okay. And my clothes. That's all I had on me. And everyone knew it was going to rain. Like you could see the clouds rolling in. It was the whole nine. And I'm walking, I'm rushing to get to this client, and there's a woman sitting on a stoop uh-huh. who seems homeless to me, and she goes, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And I say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I don't have any money on me. She gets very upset. She goes, I wasn't asking you for any help. And then I felt very guilty, Uh huh. right? 
uh, uh, because I made assumptions. Yep. And, you know, I don't like to do that to people. And I was rushing away. And so I stopped, even though I was in a rush. And I said, I'm sorry. What would you like to ask me? And she was very upset with me at this point. And she said, I was just going to ask if you could give me your umbrella. <laughs> what? And I said, what? <laughs> and she said, I was just going to ask if maybe you could give me your umbrella. Uh-huh. And I said, so, no, I cannot give you my umbrella. It's the only umbrella I have, and mm-hmm. I need it because it's going to rain. Sorry, but, you know, you did ask me for help, and I told you I couldn't help you. Uh-huh. And she goes, I didn't ask you for help. I asked you for your umbrella. And I started to get into an argument about semantics, essentially, okay. with a crazy homeless lady on the street okay. because I had to be right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I couldn't just be like, oh, and walk away. I had to t- teach her mm-hmm. and show her that I was right, that she was asking for help. And I was right in the beginning to say that I couldn't help her uh-huh. and that I didn't have to wait for this question. Right? That was where my head was at. And why, Noel? Because my ego got in the way. Okay. Yeah. I needed to let her know that she was wrong and I was right. Okay. Um, but it was pointless. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's pointless. I should have just let it go and chuckled about it and then gone. Yeah. But it didn't happen. Nope. I argued. And then eventually, like five minutes into the argument of me going, but you're asking me for something is asking for my help. Right. I was like, if I gave you this umbrella, I'd be helping you. You're asking for this umbrella because you don't want to get wet. You're asking for my help. Uh And she's like, no, I'm asking for your umbrella. And she just kept saying that. And it was making me crazier and crazier. But uh, yeah. So uh, as is the situation with our stories in this in this forum. Mm hmm. Circles right back around to our topic, Mm -hmm. which today, Noel, is it is ego. It is how to get. Rich with it, big egos, little egos, super egos. Yeah. Super rich. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I think we've all, we can just look Uh at all of the big egos, (laughs) the big inflated egos that have gotten really rich. Yep, sure can. Because they just think they're the witch's tits. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, uh, the guy from Uber. Yeah. Is the most current example of that, huh? And uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Another example of that. Big ego. Big ego. Yeah. Big egos. I feel like you have to sort of have a pretty big ego to feel that you deserve to be that wealthy. Well, maybe. Don't you think? I got some other uh, some other stuff oh. here, too. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I see. That's right. Um, you have a pretty big ego. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your ego, Noel. Okay. So you have a pretty big ego. Tell me about the size of your ego and why you think you have such a good sense of self-esteem. I am just the best. There you go. That <laughs> sums it up in a nutshell. Um, so uh, ego, Noel. Yep. How are we going to get rich with it? Okay, I'll tell you. Tell me. Yeah, you're the right guy. I know. Uh, okay, guys. So, you know... I was looking up a lot of stuff about egos. Mm-hmm. 
and I was trying to get a little bit off the main beaten path, uh, and I came across something called egotheism, uh, which is the deification of the self. And uh, it, it, it can be b- the belief that you are God or that God is within you or, uh, you know, basically that. It is prevalent in uh, Satanism, Levan Satanism in particular. Levan? What is, do you know the differences between all this? I don't know, Satanism? but what's his name? That Anthony Levan or what, what was his name? Oh, Anton Levan. Anton LeVay. Yeah. Okay. So Levan Satanism. Uh, it's also LeVay Satanism. Yeah. <laughs> LeVan. <laughs> Uh, and also, uh, <laughs> no, I've got to, I've got to get this straight now. Okay. Is it named after him? Yes. So it's LeVay Satanism w- with an A-N at the end. With an A on it? A-N. LeVay. Oh, Yeah. Okay. Not LeVan. Le-van. Well, however you want to say That's it. like a French person talking about the van. Yeah. LeVan. Okay. okay. Gotcha. All, All right, right, Mr. Ego. Uh, <laughs> also it is uh big in Hinduism. Uh huh. Where the way is within you, and all that. You know? Right. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Uh, but extreme egotheism, mixed with the dose of mental issues, results in god complex, which is uh, related to self projection of God, a phenomenon in which believers, when trying to ascribe personality and wishes to their chosen God, tend to arrive at something similar to what they already think and feel. Uh, which is also related to the Jerusalem Syndrome. Uh, the Jerusalem Syndrome was first recognized in the 30s by psychiatrist Heinz Hermann and was written up in the British Journal of Psychiatry in 2000 by Dr. Gregory Katz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd heard that term before, but I never knew what it was. Wasn't uh, the Jerusalem Syndrome... That term yeah. or egotheism? Uh, Jerusalem syndrome. I thought that isn't that what uh, Mark Marin called a one-man show of his? That's where I've heard it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly where I've heard it. Uh, so, uh, but what it is when not referring to Mark Marin? I think it's interesting. Didn't Doctor what is it? What Doctor Katz? Yeah. Didn't he have a, a a comedy show on Comedy Central, an animated comedy show? Yeah, same guy. Interesting. So yeah. you're really referencing the comedy world here with this. I don't think Dr. Gregory Katz uh, from Israel uh-huh. uh, is the same guy. <laughs> no, uh, you don't but, think but so? maybe he is. It's possible. So what it is, though, is it's a psychiatric disorder uh, where sufferers arriving in Jerusalem are afflicted with the delusion that they're characters from the Bible, the Torah, the Koran, or that they're prophets or messiahs. Uh, Jerusalem police have a special unit to deal with these people. Really? Yep. So it's for people who, and I, I guess you probably won't answer it, but I'm just curious if it's uh, people who go there already thinking that they're that, and that's why no. they're headed. They step off the plane. They're step perfectly normal, theoretically, the and suddenly they think that they are now. That's yeah. amazing. It's amazing, right? And it only happens in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Um, so... Uh, Tour guides and hotel employees are schooled in symptoms to watch out for, which are, uh, one, anxiety, agitation, nervousness, and tension. Two, declaration of a desire to split from the group and tour Jerusalem alone. I wonder if Jesus suffered from Jerusalem syndrome. (laughs) Uh, Three, the need to be clean and pure, obsessed with baths and showers, 
compulsive fingernail and toenail cutting. Wow. Uh, four, wearing of long ankle-length toga-like gown. Uh-huh. Always white. Uh-huh. Often hotel sheets. Uh-huh. Uh, five, the need to shout psalm or Bible verses or sing spiritual, uh, spiritual songs loudly. Uh, six, a procession march to one of Jerusalem's holy places. <clears throat> and seven, delivery of a sermon at the holy place, typically ill-prepared and disjointed. Uh, and Sounds like our show. Yeah. Sounds like they've just, our show should be renamed Jerusalem Syndrome. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so most patients are middle-aged and from either, this I found fascinating, uh-huh. either from the U.S. or Scandinavia. Really? Yep. Scandinavia? <laughs> yep. There's like the highest percentage of atheists in the world are in Scandinavia. Well, I guess the guys who aren't are I really guess not. not, huh? And uh, one suspected factor in the Jerusalem syndrome is jet lag. Uh, most sufferers have no previous mental illness. <clears throat> and the entire syndrome stops when they return home. Really? Yep. They get out of Jerusalem. They're back. Is, but is it just out of Jerusalem or is it getting home? Uh, like if they sent them to Haifa, for instance. I don't know. Or, you know, to Palestine or somewhere that just, you know, just send them next door and it's not Jerusalem. I think I think that maybe think. they're actually taken with the spirit. Maybe they are. I uh, don't want to say anything, but, you know, Jerusalem has been a center for uh, Western religious uh, everything. Yeah. You know, maybe there's something about Jerusalem. Uh huh. It is the epicenter of all things spiritual, maybe. Well, you know, I did read. uh Something that I didn't include in my in my scheme here, where rabbis had to work with um, the cops to come up with a definition of people suffering from Jerusalem syndrome, so that it would be able to identify these people versus there, but not uh, draw aspersions to the real Messiah when right. they come along. Oh well, yeah. So that's problematic. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Well, their th- their theory was there would be no mistaking the real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when it's all cut and dry yeah. like that. Well, isn't it? and maybe they should just said th- the real one won't be American or Scandinavian. Oh, good point. Right? Yeah. No no IKEA Messiah here. The IKEA Messiah. But it's not just Jewish or Christian, it's also Muslims. Yeah, I understand. Um anyway, uh, no IKEA Muhammad. No, 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 no IKEA Muhammad. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, think about it. What do people on vacation have that we know? They have disposable money. They do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going across the entire world for a vacation. Nope. They got some coin in their pocket, right? So they're not doing anyone harm. Why don't we help them remove the stigma? Make them happy on their vacation mm-hmm. and make some green, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to aid these people with the Jerusalem syndrome, and we're going to charge top dollar. We're going to charge vacation prices. Yeah. Right? So they want to be clean. We have a spa treatment for them, uh-huh. right? We clean them up. We cut their fingernails and toenails short. The Jerusalem Spa Dome. Yeah, sure. Uh, 
They want togas. Uh-huh. We provide high-quality, expensive togas, lace, frills, tassels, pockets. Put some pockets in there. Velcro. Velcro. Yeah. Yeah, of course, for the places to put their cell phones. Well, and, you know, so you don't have your bits falling out. Yeah, there's that. Uh, Velcro your bits up. Yeah. Uh, they want to march in a procession. Uh-huh. We provide followers. To follow them oh, and chant. That's a, that's a good one. And uh, and, and as I they like go, that, that the lot. group behind them grows. Yeah, I um, like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, they have ill-prepared sermons. We coach them, and we work on refining their message. And then when they get to <laughs> their uh, religious site of choice, we provide staging, lighting, and amplification. And bonus, uh, another thing I read just on my... Phone. Research uh-huh. was about vanishing uh, vanity publishing, and vanity publishers uh, are publishing companies that aren't quite the same as self-publishing. It is places that make the writers pay all the costs of publication mm-hmm. plus hefty editing fees all in advance. Uh, this means that the vanity press earns a fat profit even if none of the books they publish sells a single copy. And most likely they're not even going to try to sell it. Right. Uh, so, you know, like you've gotten those things in the mail that's like, we'll publish your poetry. Mm-hmm. It's a book that they're going to charge you to be to, part right. of, sell to you, right? and no one else is going to buy it. You know, I I, yeah. <clears throat> I think these are all fantastic uh-huh. ideas. Well, I haven't finished this one yet. Okay, go on. Uh, so uh, we are going to vanity publish their preachings, right? And you know they're going to want to go for all the perks on this, all the upsells, leather-bound, gilded pages, and opulent printing of their teachings. Mm-hmm. That's it. A lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. I also think you need to take into account that, you know, they're not coming prepared for this, right? Uh-huh. They think they're just going on vacation to the Holy Land. They're stepping off the plane and suddenly... They're having this Boom. messianic moment, yeah. right? <clears throat> you could certainly, and it doesn't change till they go back, uh-huh. right? So you can keep them around. I mean, you should even set up a hotel situation uh-huh. where you have them all. I mean, you can get them to drain their bank accounts if you want. Well, I think we could do a good job <clears throat> in the one week. Yeah, but I'm just saying you can you can get them to drain their bank accounts by just milking them over for so many other things. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because once they're in messianic mode, they're in messianic mode, right? They think they are whatever it is that they are, the the prophet, the the second coming, whatever yeah. their thought process is. So that's where they're at. And then, you know, drain them yeah. and then send them back over. Well, okay, so my theory was for each person— you can probably get uh, between five to fifteen thousand dollars out of each person. Uh, they say that there are between fifty and a hundred of these cases a year. That's amazing uh, and growing. Uh, but also, Wikipedia's had different stages, so not everyone. Oh, okay. Uh, th- th- this <clears throat> this would be fifty to a hundred full blown. Uh huh. But then there's people with, to a lesser degree that uh, come down with Jerusalem syndrome, and I think if we could make it a quality experience with the stigma removed, mm-hmm. we could we could in, those people wouldn't hold back. Right. So you also They'd feel like in. you're doing a service. Yeah. 
Because clearly, unbeknownst to them, they came yeah. to do this. Yes. You know what I mean? There's something clearly deep, buried deeply in their subconscious mm-hmm. that uh, this is going to happen. Yeah. That they are the Messiah. Yeah. I want to go there and just watch these people get off the plane and start to go through this. Yeah. Like, I want to follow someone. It'd be that great. would be a great documentary. Yeah, I know it would. And those are literally the symptoms that they tell the tour guides and hotel employees to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. It is fascinating. I, I am more fascinated and, and amazed by the fact that, <clears throat> you know, they actually got together with the religious community to talk about, well, what if it's, how do we tell if it's not the real? It, they, they have a division of the police department yeah. in Jerusalem dedicated to this. It's great. There were other uh, location-specific diseases too, or mental mental issues. Like what? There was one called. I think it was called. I don't think it was called syndrome, but it was like the Paris syndrome. Uh huh. And it is solely for Japanese people who go to Paris and freak out because Paris does not live up to the image they've had of Paris, and to the point where now they give counseling to people going to Paris because they freak out like they're going to kill themselves because it because it's a real city and not this cartoon they have in their head or romantic ideal or or romantic ideal it's dirty it's smelly it's got a lot of cool stuff Mm -hmm. but it's not what they maybe they have a real specific image in Japan of what they think it is apparently I mean obviously it's it's based I'm sure based entirely on books and uh, yeah and romantic ideals Beauty and the Beast. That's not Paris. Isn't it? No. I think it is. Okay. <laughs> the Hunchback of hunchback, Notre Dame. Yes, there you go. You got one. That I like that that is that Beauty and the Beast, the Disney uh-huh. shows are the ones that you pop out. Well, because I'm thinking of the things that would be so uh, cleaned up of Paris. Well, but why wouldn't it just be like the Three Musketeers as well? Okay. Like, why wouldn't it just be the fantasy of all the stuff that you've read in general? All right. Right? You build up this super romanticized ideal of what Paris is and the history behind and it. And they get there and they're like, this isn't a chocolate <clears throat> bar. Right. This is a fucking city. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just a city like yeah. every other they city. Thought with, this, right. It was going to be <clears throat> paved with Three Musketeer uh-huh, bars. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, exactly. Toi. Floating Musketeer. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Savoir is everywhere. <laughs> Be our guest. Yeah. Be our guest. But again, didn't yeah. happen in Paris. It, well, that really? Yeah. You just did a pretty mean. It was in France. France. Yeah, well, that was uh, you know, Jerry Orbach. Okay. He's not from Paris. He's from New York City, Daddy. Yeah. Well, I think I think okay, listeners, settle this for us. Beauty and the Beast. Paris. No, it's not Paris. Sounds pretty French to me, man. Just, so everything French is Paris? It is in my book. <laughs> You're out of control. All Your right. ego is out of control. That's right. So let's hear how I'm going to get rich off it, Josh. All right. So ego. I you know, I always have a problem when we uh, decide to do shows on uh, psychological issues. Okay. Because I am kind of like a... Uh, what would, what what would I call it? I would co- call myself a uh I have a psychosomatic uh uh-huh. 
issue with psychological issues. All right. I basically, I start looking these things up, and at this point, when you Google anything, tests come up yeah. to see if you are the most extreme of whatever that thing is. Yeah. So when we did the narcissism one yeah. episode, I looked up narcissism, and it was like, this test will tell you if you're a narcissist, right? And I take the test, and yep, I'm a narcissist. It's like I'm 86% likely to be a narcissist. And so, you know, egos, narcissism, they go hand in hand. Socio sociopathy are all big egotists. And so I got all into that. And then I was like, but really, I know when I think of ego just off the top of my head and how we use it today, I always think in terms of like self-esteem, right? Having a healthy ego, having sure. an inflated ego, yeah. or having no ego, right? Or having poor self-esteem. Then I was like... What about the id and the superego, right? When we mm -hmm. go, let's go back to how this was sort of coined as a psychological term and going back to Freud, mm -hmm. right? And <clears throat> I thought it was interesting because the ego in Freud's world, right, in, in his uh, teachings and the way he practiced psychology, uh, the ego is a moderator within yourself. Yeah. So you have your id, which is entirely unconscious. And it is all of your animal instincts, all your sucking, fucking, fighting, yeah. you know, uh, uh, gluttony, eating till you die. All that shit is that is all your id. Yeah. And you are born with that. Yeah. And that comes in. Then you have your super ego, uh -huh. which is all of your learned moralities. Sure. The right? mores of society. Exactly. Yeah. And as you know, that doesn't start kicking in till in his world doesn't start kicking it in until you're like four, five, six, yeah. somewhere in that range, and you can start absorbing the teachings of your parents and your community, right? And so the ego is the moderator between the two, right? Because the superego ideally would crush your id, and you would be this ridiculously moralistic person who suffers from incredible guilt and shame. We certainly don't know anything about people like that in this country. Yeah. Um, or vice, uh, alternatively, if your id takes over, you're just like an animal who's walking through the streets, fucking everything, unable to control your urges, your mm -hmm. most basic urges, uh, uh, orgies every, every, every day mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, shoving your face into food, not taking care of yourself goes on and on and on. Right. But the ego is this, you know, this amazing character in this battle, right? Mm -hmm. Where, Hopefully, with with a healthy ego, you balance these things out and you can live a life of freedom. Yeah. Right? Not feeling shame about any of your actions, morally justified in the things that you do on the higher plane, but also feeling confident and comfortable in your sexuality and your basic urges in life. Uh -huh. We all want that. Yeah. But not many of us have that. Okay. Right? We know that. Right? I mean, I... I don't know what shames you have. Um, I'm sure they're deep and meaningful <laughs> to you. Uh, <clears throat> I'm full of shame and regret and sadness over my life okay. and things that I've done or haven't done because I either took too moral a high ground or and did not succumb to my animal instincts enough or uh, the other way around. I allowed my gluttonous nature to take control and couldn't control myself. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, you know, <clears throat> therapy is expensive, uh -huh. right? I mean, 
on average, the average therapist costs you $80 for a 45-minute hour now, mm-hmm. right? That's not cheap. Most insurances, even though they claim to pay for it, most of these therapists don't take insurance. you got to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. You go once, twice a week. That's a lot of money over the course of a year, right? And there's no, there's no actual guarantee, you know, therapy, psychology, uh, psychotherapy. Uh, there's no actual uh, uh, evidence, scientific evidence of any sort, no studies done that prove that it actually works, uh-huh. right? Talk therapy of any sort. While it may make you feel better while you're in it and doing it, there's nothing saying that it actually takes you where you need to be, Right. So I was thinking back to other shows we've done, and I remember we had talked about uh, getting into people's dreams uh-huh. while they sleep yep. using a headset. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought to myself, what better way to repair someone's ego than while they're asleep and in a sort of subconscious plane and go in and just fucking fix it, mm-hmm. right? So this is beautiful. So it's got several of my favorite things. Groovy headsets. Okay. Wireless. Yeah. Right, because it's got to be wireless. A chance. Yeah, well, in the, in the previous episode. but um, And digging around in people's brains. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> first off, you make the money off the rig. That's where, but it, it also works like, you know, it works like printers, Right, you you sell the rig for a reasonably cut rate price. Mm-hmm. You'll still make a little profit, but the money is if they've got the rig, they have to use you. Yeah. Okay. Now, if they're in their subconscious, right? Similarly to like hypnotherapy, you don't need an hour with them, twenty minutes, yeah. tops, to get in there and jumble shit around. Right. You're doing it from the privacy of your own home. Right. You don't have to be in the place with them. They don't have to come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can do three of these an hour. And if you charge forty dollars for a session, you're already making a lot more money. You can have a center filled with brain fixers who aren't necessarily trained analysts mm-hmm. or psychotherapists because you don't need that kind of training. Right. You don't need to be like, you know, know how to do de- because they're not you're not having a conversation. You're not picking up cues. You're not trying to stop someone from doing something horrible to yourself. This is all you're doing is going in and futching around with people's wiring uh-huh. and putting it back together in a way that would make them uh, more capable in life. OK. And you would have millions of people around the world. Going, to, you know, Argentina uh-huh. has the highest rate of people going to psychotherapy. Really, of anywhere, the most psychotherapists like per capita is in Argentina, is in Buenos Aires in particular, but Argentina. Really, and everyone goes to therapy. Huh? That's one city. Yeah, of several million people. And the beauty of this is it's worldwide. You just need to speak the language to a degree. Again, they're asleep. They don't know. You're going in and you're rewiring, right? It's not talk therapy. You're rewiring without drug. Mm -hmm. I think this is the future. Wireless brain hats where you go in and you just fix people. Yeah. No muss, no fuss. So that's, that's it. You get that ego strong to 
keep the id and the super ego in check and balance, uh-huh. and your life becomes perfect. You could uh, make ones with a nose plate, too, that uh, takes care of sleep apnea. That's great. Absolutely. <laughs> it'll have the, the, the it'll, it'll have a, a, what is it, oxygen mask Whatever on Whatever it. it is, yeah. Yeah, you can make it anything you like with earplugs, white noise. Yeah. So and it helps their sleep, which can't do anything but help you. That's right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Fantastico. Yeah. Big money maker. Yeah, that's Don't right. Kid yourself. That's right. You know what else you guys better not be kidding yourself about? It's our newest segment, Josh and All Sell Out, in which every week <laughs> uh. we explore ways in which Josh and I are living the dream of selling our souls to corporate mm-hmm. America. And you know the traditional ways. What are they, Noel? Yeah, I'll tell you. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Noel show page, hit the sponsor button, and pledge an amount, a monthly amount, for the rest of the season. About, Seasons uh, run uh, generally six months from start to finish. Yeah, so you got about five months. Yep. Uh, give us a buck. That's five bucks. Half that money will go to Josh and I and keep us fancy, fancy, fancy. That's right. Noel and I could do a lot with a quarter each. We sure could. Yep. Half that money go to Radio Free Brooklyn. And they can do a lot with your 50 cents. They can. Cat food. Uh, <laughs> Who's eating cat food, Tom? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or if you hate us, if you're like you guys are trying mm. to encourage people to become mentally unfit, you're encouraging amateurs to start messing around and sleeping people's brains, you get this off the air. Well, then I'll tell you what you do. You go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.org page, hit the pledge button. Pledge. Pledge a one-time or reoccurring amount of money. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money goes to Josh and I. You get a tax break, and you get to write a message saying, get these jerks off the air. They'll do it in a heartbeat. That's right. And while they're sitting there eating their cat food, with all that all that cat food that you've paid for, yeah. help them keep healthy, Yeah, they will... Get rid of us. Hit the delete button. That's right. But Josh and I don't care, and nope. that's because we're after the big money. Yep. The real money, the the life-altering money, the money that will make us be the, the, the monsters of the millionaire's row. That's right. That we already know we are. You know, I got to call out. Uh, uh-huh. Call out another big, big corporation and show, even. Okay. For... Uh, Using one of our ideas. Pooching our ideas? Yep, and not paying us for it. Who's that? We're calling out The Daily Show. Oh. For putting together the Donald Trump library of Twitter. Oh, that was one of your ideas. That was one of my ideas from, uh, was it Donald Trump? Was that the episode or was it, uh, what was the episode? It might have been that. But I talked, uh, that was part of his, uh, that was part of his overall uh, theme park. Yep. Trump land. Yep. So well, uh, Comedy Central. Yep. Coming after you. Daily Show. Boom. Where's our money? Watch out. That's right. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you want to work out a sponsorship, uh, Comedy Central, we're up for that. Yep. Happy to. Or uh, if not, uh, perhaps uh, what's a big lawyer company? <laughs> big lawyer company. Yeah. Uh, Moskowitz. Moskowitz and and Moskowitz. Moskowitz and Moskowitz. You sponsor us. Come on. We're gonna be your premier client when you go after all these schmuckos that are ripping us off you know you should just do it for a cut yeah that's all that's right uh but right now we're sticking with our uh our first sponsor 
our favorite sponsor, our only sponsor, Mr. Monty Lamonti. Please take it away. Hey, everybody. It's your best friend, Monty Lamonti, and I'm back again with an amazing tip for you, my best friend. Do you sweat from the forehead profusely? Are you one of these people that gets lower back sweat and sweat under the pits? Listen, if so, I've got a great tip for you. Carry a bandana and wipe yourself with it. Don't use your hands, people. I see so many people wiping their sweat with their hands. Then they don't wash their hands. Then they touch stuff, touch foods, touch things they give to you. It's disgusting. Plus, just get a bandana and wipe yourself down. It's the most easiest, wonderful thing you can do for yourself. I always carry a bandana with me. Like a gentleman. As always, a positive influence in your life. And remember, if you heard this tip, you owe me, Monty Lamonti, your best friend, $2. That's right, $2. Payable via PayPal at Montyism, that's M-O-N-T-E-I-S-M, at yahoo.com. Thank you, wipe your brow with a bandana. That's very low energy Monty going on there. Yeah. Um, is Monty aware of the uh, gay subculture of uh, signaling your sexual proclivity <laughs> with bandanas? Is that really bandana? or is that just from uh, cruising? No, that's a real thing. Really? Oh, yeah. They're, it like, is now or was it like the 70s? Well, it was. I, I mean, Before I think. Before the it, internet existed. Well, you know, I think it's still a thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you are. In the that world, uh-huh. as as not that I know from personal experience. Okay. Wink, wink. Um, if you are in that world uh-huh. and you are like going out for the night, you will, you know, have that. I mean, you can certainly find it on the internet if you're like in this moment. I want to do this, but you know, if you're like, hey, we're gonna go to a bar and I like getting shit on, then I'm gonna put the brown bandana in my left pocket, and and uh, I don't know and, if that's really done, dude. Dude, it is done. Uh, I know for a fact that it is done. Uh, Why do you doubt that that's done? Because it seems so, like, 1970s when people had to give se- people secret signals because they were, you know, there was society against them. Well, I, I mean, you know, I think that that was how it started, but that doesn't mean that people still don't like doing it that way. All right. You know, it's very analog okay. in the digital age. You guys, this episode's airing on pride weekend so that's right any way you want to do it uh-huh that's right ba- bandana no bandana yeah we're down with it but i just wonder if monty's walking in certain neighborhoods and suddenly he's got like dudes coming up and cruising him going like i'll bleed all over you <laughs> i'll bleed all over yeah you. that's one like I is think it red bandana God, this is, sounds is, is so like fake things why does it sound fake like it sounds like people when people talk about like dirty sanchez and things like that well but that's a fake i mean that may not be a fake thing but i think that's one of those things that happens but people aren't into it but there are people you can look on any fetish anything uh-huh. and see that there are, if you look up right now blood fetish okay and there are people who like to get bled on and like drinking but not blood to the point where they walk any rand bandana you know what that means well but that's you know again that was part of the uh you know subcultures in the gay community like you say prior uh-huh. to the internet yeah but i'm still sure that people that you know just like it for the throwback nature of it it's like those bracelets do the bracelets mean stuff too no it, it's like bracelets that teens were wearing 
that there was this big craze about like different bracelets meant that people were be willing to do certain sexual favors. And oh, maybe yeah. there was like one person in North America who really did that. <laughs> and yet everyone thought that everyone Look, did. All I know is the 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 gay guys that I know uh-huh. of my generation, right, uh-huh. uh, who are in their late 40s into their 50s, they all knew people. But see, they're that old enough that. that they were back Right, way okay, back but when. the way you're saying it is like the whole thing didn't really happen. Well, I don't know. And it how did much happen. It did. it did happen. Yeah. You know, if you were in the right place and it was your scene, uh-huh. that shit was going on. Uh, see, okay. You all know, right. you just, you know, you, the gay bars you hung out at were a little more straightforward. It just smacks of less fetish. Of like, <clears throat> like paranoia, you know, like satanic panic type. Thing, what are you talking about? In what way? Like it just like something that someone heard and was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." Yeah, I get and, what you're you saying, what I mean? but this was this is actually true. Okay. I'm just telling you that it's actually true, right? Based on not personal experience, but based on the fact that I know people who okay. that was their thing right. and that's okay. what they did. Well, and it said. was like you know, it was just fetish fetish stuff, and that was a signal, and they that became the thing. Okay. It's like the whole you ever you ever do the thing uh 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 the the scratching of the palm. That's not true either, Josh. What are you talking about? That's not true. Josh. It's a signal saying I want to fuck you. No, it's not. It absolutely is. All right, let's. It get just going. is. How is that not true? I I feel like you are just like spouting these great truths you found out when you were seven years old and no. like some oh, other seven-year-old an told you. Wow. And you're like, yeah. Yes, some other seven-year-old told me about using bandanas for sexual signals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're insane, dude. Green ones mean you like to eat buggers. <laughs> <laughs> As we said anyway, guys, Pride Weekend, whatever uh, it is, whether it, Josh's seven-year-old dreams are true or not, yeah, if we have anyone out there who uh, uh, live that lifestyle, yeah, get in touch and, and let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Give us, you know, school us. Yeah, school us. You know, because we're just a couple of middle-aged white guys, yeah. uh, straight white guys who yeah. really have no uh, pontificate. No act. We just talking talking about what we hear. Yeah, we don't actually know. No, so school us. Yeah. Okay, guys. Time to get schooled. You know, every every week we have a topic. Mm-hmm. This week it's ego, yeah. and we school you in ways to get rich. Uh, we also somewhere in that show hide another mini little topic for you to get even more rich. Yeah. So uh, if you're uh, ironing your bandanas, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but. Uh, <laughs> Listen to this. Come back later. Listen to the rest of the show. Make you more money. Take it away, Josh. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm going to give you some real practical solutions that you can do starting today that can help you to make over $1,000 in the next week. You look on Craigslist and you look for fish tanks oh let's say a 55 gallon fish tank for a hundred dollars you bring it on home you clean it up for a little bit and you offer it back on craigslist for two hundred dollars 
You do this 10 times within a seven day period and I guarantee you, you will make your $1,000. Now keep in mind that this isn't going to be something that will be easy. It's still a 55 gallon tank and you have to be strong enough and have the tools available to help you transport this to your house. You also have to have the space and you have to be able to care for the livestock available once you get it into your home. I love this guy. Yeah. I, we will be hearing a lot of Daniel Ally. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, he's got some scintillating, brilliant ideas on how to make your $1,000 a week. Yeah. With no guarantees that you're going to make $1,000 a week. It's amazing. Yeah, livestock. He refers to the fish in the 55-gallon tank that you're going to resell mm -hmm. for $200 as livestock. Yeah. They're live. Uh-huh. And they're stock. And they're stock. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this guy doesn't start a show or else we're we are gonzo. <laughs> he's got a yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. Yeah, well, he better not hit the uh, interwebs. I think he's got uh almost as many subscribers as we do. Okay, he's got a lot. <laughs> we're in big trouble, guys. We're in big trouble. Well, we you know, maybe we'll start YouTubing this. We'll start videotaping it and YouTube it. Sure. Why not? Just we'll, about we'll, setting up a camera. We're gonna go 3D, guys. Yeah, 3D. <laughs> break out the glasses, Noel. That's right. Uh, you guys break out the champagne glasses. Why, Noel? Because we're gonna get more rich right now. With what? With ego. Oh. So, uh, I gave you one ego scheme. Mm -hmm. Time to give you an alter ego scheme. Uh, which alter is what ego. I looked up. I started looking up alter egos. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, you know, so a lot of the time it might be. Uh, the seemingly wonderful family man dad who goes out and embezzles his company and whores it up all night. Uh-huh. Uh, or the uh, pleasant-sounding radio personality uh -huh. uh, teaching you how to make money. Yeah. And then his alter ego on the other side, who he actually does the show with uh -huh. simultaneously, who comes up with many more, but not quite as good ideas, uh, and yet insists that they're gold. Oh, uh, they're gold. Uh, so, or if we want to look um, at uh, literature, mm -hmm. famous example, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Two. I was, you know, I was thinking about uh, Jekyll and Hyde. I was yeah. going to mention that in the it, you know, id versus super ego. Sure. Yeah. Deal. Uh, so, uh, you know, two sides of the same man. Mm-hmm. Both are the same. You can you can uh, balance them or you can separate them and allow them to flourish on their own. You That's know? right. Uh, also thought about, you, you ever see the movie How to Succeed in Advertising? Yeah, it's so funny. I was just I watching uh, Robert Morse uh -huh. on Mad Men okay. of all shows. And I'm like, why does this guy look familiar uh -huh. to me? Because he's like, you know, 100 years old now. Uh -huh, yeah. And Deb was like, he was in How to Succeed in Business without really trying. No, no, not How to Succeed in Business. I mean, how, advertising. Oh, then I'm thinking of a different show. Okay, it's great. Anyway. It's about this guy who is in advertising, mm -hmm. and he decides it's disgusting. He doesn't want any part of it. So it's an old British movie. And he quits. And then he starts getting this giant boil on his neck. Uh, and as the boil gets bigger, it starts talking to him and is just foul. And it <laughs> is all the foulness of advertising coming out of him in, into this boil. Uh, and eventually he has to go to the hospital and they're going to get it lanced. And right at the end, the uh, 
the boil grows into a giant head, and they lance his head and leave the uh, oh the, no the giant advertising evil zit head as uh, taken over him. I love that movie. Wow, I have to watch that. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, we have these sides in us, and they will come out whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what makes us real also makes us imperfect. You know. Uh, so I, I started to keep going down this road, and I started looking into dissociative disorder, a.k.a. multiple personality disorder. Uh, it's characterized by at least two distinct and enduring identities. Uh, it's often caused by tra- of a trauma and stress. Right, So not good stuff makes this come about. Uh, it's a survival mechanism. It's, it's most commonly looked at, uh, where you compartmentalize uh, to protect parts of you, uh, of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you ever see the old movie Sybil? Yep. Oh, I was that movie terrified me as a child. I can imagine. I I didn't watch it as a child. Oh. I watched it as a young adult. I've only watched it as a child. That explains so several much. times. <laughs> explains it, so much. It was so scarring. <laughs> if anyone had, out there, I don't know if would do you think it would still be as effective today? To a little or would kid, it, be dated? it would be. I think it's probably dated as uh-huh. an adult, yeah. just because, you know, I find with old movies that just because the quality of the picture uh-huh. is so different, yeah, and you know, out, you know, especially a movie from that period. When was that? Sixties that it was made, or, or 70s early seventies? Yeah, but you know, you're so not connected with it on a on just an everyday level of what you see every day and what you wear every day. Yeah. That it it suddenly has a, there's a lot of distance in it. You know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily connect with it as as maybe you would have. But I would imagine if a little kid were to watch it, yeah, you know, it would freak them. The yeah, I'm sure. Out. So w- it's basically about a, a a girl who has a hor- horribly abusive mom, and she develops I think eight personalities. Yeah. Isn't right? it a true story? Eh, it it was supposed to be, story? but I think I heard at one point it got debunked. Oh, like you the, know, the, like the Amityville horror, like the bandana in the pocket, like the bandana in uh-huh. the pocket. So are the days of our lives. Uh, <laughs> that would be, honest to God, the greatest morning soap opera ever, where it's just various fetishistic gay guys cruising uh-huh. each other with bandanas in their pockets. Yeah. It all takes place in this one, one leather bar. Yeah, followed by Ryan's Pope. You so need to make this and star in it. Uh I yeah, I might do that. Uh with with all the money I'm gonna make from our tithing uh-huh. from this scheme. So uh you know what what if it could help us, you know? It does help protect you, but it's but it's but it's so chaotic and and you're coming from such a bad place that nothing good's gonna hey, come out I of it. I mean, this. you know, th- although superheroes Yeah, right? Superman, Clark yeah. Kent, yeah, yeah, Batman, Bruce Wayne, yeah, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh so what if we could get to be Dr. Jekyll and still get to live out our Mr. Hyde, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we could be a great worker during work hours and that lazy glutton that's also part of ourselves at night? Isn't that what the mullet was built for? That's right. That's right. Business up front, party in the back, guys. Yeah. Uh and and it it would stop us from self sabotaging ourselves because we would separate our yin from our yang, and uh, 
we just be a wang. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so there, there is a, a lot a big theory about the dissociative disorder, though, uh-huh. uh, where a lot of people think that the therapist induces the dissociative disorder. Uh, and I'll and I'll explain more to you. So many believe that the hypno- hypnosis, the regression therapy, mm-hmm. uh, and helping patients access repressed memories actually creates the dissociative order. Uh, and the bizarre symptoms are rarely present before therapy begins is one example people give of why they think this. Uh, another is that a very small percentage of all doctors are responsible for the vast majority of these diagnoses. Oh, really? Right, because yeah. they're the specialists, as it were? Yes. Uh, uh, so they think that they are, are manifesting this, and it is strongly linked to false memory syndrome, uh, where you know, you're basically planting these past memories and these beliefs where they didn't exist. Uh, uh-huh. I got a, a, another reference. Do you okay. ever read any Sam Lipsite? No. Oh, he's fantastic. He's really funny. Uh, he's got a book called Homeland, and the, the main character's buddy in it is this guy who's crazy wealthy because he, as a kid, uh, started going to a shrink, and the shrink uncovers repressed memories of how his parents had, uh, like, totally molested him as part of some satanic cult. And so he got all their money, and then he later found out, and this guy wrote a book on it, became Mm -hmm. super rich, and then he later found out that, no, the doctor had implanted these memories in him so that he could have a career and make these books, and then he sued the guy for all that money, too. Uh (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's what a lot of people think is going on. So what, though, if we could charge people to induce this dissociative order, but don't make them crazy and convince them that they're broken? What if, as we create these two alter egos, we make them both strong and healthy, right? We make the productive one more effective, more more productive, and not hyper-aggressive, not, you know, in your face. And we make the non-productive persona, ego, identity, fun, but not dangerous or harmful, just good, you know? Send the... uh, Good party boy. Yeah, send send Mr. Hyde to improv classes. Send Dr. Jekyll to uh, that Sigma-6 class. <laughs> uh, you know? That's some people's idea of fun and productivity, for sure. No, no, no. That's not fun, but that's that's for the productive guy. Well, the Sigma-6 is yeah. productivity. I yeah. get it. And the improv class for some people is fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. For some people. Yeah. Or whatever else he likes. Yeah, I gotcha. Teach him some magic tricks. Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> you know how to really get that alter ego partying. That's right. So anyway, that it is, there it is, guys. Uh, you induce dissociative disorder in others to better their lives. And, you know, you're not a lazy worker anymore. You're a good worker. 
when you're not a lazy glutton. I, I like I love that idea. You really did have gold today. I, I, told I have you. to say, yeah. your both your ideas <clears throat> phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm very impressed with your uh, your work today. Uh huh. But you know the problem is your work being so good is taken up, sucked up all the time on today's show. You have to stop blaming me when you don't have enough ideas. <laughs> uh, the people don't need to know the truth. They just need to know what I tell them. Okay. You guys, if you want to tell Josh a bit of your truth, or if you want to let Josh know about bandanas, mm -hmm. uh, you can reach him at GRQ on Twitter at yeah. GRQ Josh Knoll. You can uh, email him or me, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I am both people in this situation. You are. So uh, you can uh, email us. At GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can Facebook us at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes. You can subscribe. You should go on iTunes. Not you can. You should go on iTunes. And you should subscribe. You can rate. And rate. And you can review us. Yes. You should yeah. review us. And, and you know what, guys? It really does help. It, uh, does. it helps other people discover us. Uh, if If you like us. Doing that really helps out. Uh, and let me once again reiterate, if you only listen to us through you know, Stitcher or iTunes or some other podcast platform, I implore you, please, tune in Saturday nights at 8 o'clock to Radio Free Brooklyn and catch us live and get the schemes five days before everyone else. And stick around before us. we got Art Star Scene. After us, we have Trippin' Beats. A lot of great stuff going on Radio Free Brooklyn all the time. But, you guys, for now, Ego, you made a lot of money. How do you know that... Uh, 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 how, uh, what are you going to do with that money? you got to do something with it. You can't just spend it all on bandanas. So, uh, please take it away. The most famous pair of shoes are the ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland and featured in the movie The Wizard of Oz. While Dorothy had to drop a house on someone to score her pair of glittery red shoes, you'll have to drop a few million dollars if you want your own. At three million dollars, these ruby slippers are some of the most expensive shoes in the world. Former That's right. Three million dollars for ruby slippers for the 50th anniversary of that movie. Yeah. And uh, only one person ever wore them, and that was Judy Garland. Yeah. So uh, we're out of time, guys. So uh, we're not going to be able to do the rules, but we don't need to because particularly Noel's ideas are going to make you a jillion bucks. That's right. If you don't believe me, look at my big head. That's right. So once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs>